Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And today we got a lot to talk about. We'll go over the last few videos, including interviewing Will Smith and why we re-uploaded a YouTube video a thousand times manually. Then we'll get really in our feelings about Pixel 4 and the rest of the Google event this week, but then bring it back to a happy place, talking about the 2020 iPhone with YouTube friends Justine and Jenna Ezerick. Techtober rolls on. We're in it. Welcome back. All right, so let's get it all started with a little bit of a recap. So in typical Techtober fashion, we have four new videos since the last episode. Uh, first up, we'll do, uh, we have the Will Smith interview. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that that's was a lot pretty of fun. big, yeah. Yeah, was... no big deal. So we last week we had Satya Nadella from Microsoft continuing the Talking Tech series with none other than Gemini star, Men in Black star, Fresh Prince star, rapper, actor, comedian, philanthropist, and we learned Cook, cook yeah. uh, Will Smith. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So something you don't often see is uh, people who are extremely busy like that taking time to just talk tech for a little bit. This one was because we finally found a reason after YouTube Rewind to collab <laughs> on something uh, a bit tech-related because the movie he's in, Gemini Man, which is actually now recently out, had a bunch of tech in it that was like necessary to make it happen. It was yeah. him with a younger version of himself. Which, for one... Will Smith looks like he's 35 years old. I don't know if he needed CGI to That's do actually that. kind of the thing. Is he looks like a 29-year-old Will Smith already, even though he's, what is he, 50-something? I think he's right around 50. Hey, Google, how old is Will Smith? Will Smith is 51 years old. Sorry to trigger all of your uh, assistants at home, unless you have Siri. Hey, Which, Siri, how old is Will Smith? Just kidding. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, that's. Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk. Thank you, Siri. That's the first time Siri's actually done something we've asked. <laughs> Usually she's think. responding to literal nothingness. Um, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Don't really have a whole lot to add to that. I mean, just go watch it. We did a meme review at the end, which was yeah, for sure Yeah, he was, he was just fun. a super nice guy, and, and that's probably the most time we've had for an interview. Every time we sit down with like a CEO who they're equally as busy, Yeah, they sit down, they tell us we have X amount of time. We usually have that amount of time minus a third of that. And Oh, yeah have very short interviews where this was one where we actually finished every single question we had written and they were like, oh, that's it? Oh, you're done? And we're like, yeah, we're not used to this much time, <laughs> but 
I still think it came out to be a great interview and it was super fun and he was a great sport with all the the meme review stuff which I wound think, up being hilarious. I think there's two very different types of people who are good at being interviewed and we've talked to both. One, actually we've talked to sort of an overlap, but one is the CEO who's really good at being interviewed because he's used to giving non-answers to press. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They get asked all the time like, what are your plans for this future product? And they go, well, we're thinking very hard about and we care very much about and blah, blah, blah. And that's the typical answer. And so far, we've kind of avoided that sort of nonsense answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you also get like the people who are good at being interviewed, like Kobe Bryant, who's just charismatic and good at talking about whatever he wants to talk about. Or mm-hmm. someone like Will Smith, who's just been on camera for 25 years in a row and yeah. just knows how to be good. He knows how to bring everyone to his level as well. And it, exactly. it just, it shows. And then you have Elon Musk. And exactly. And that's like <laughs> the sort of in between. It's like Elon is like, able to be the CEO that gives nine answers, but also when you just geek out with someone like that for more than about five minutes, we just talk tech for a while. So anyway, Will Smith interview was fun. Then we had uh, our Apple Watch review, Apple Watch Series 5. We have a TLDR, which is just uh, the always on display. It hurts. It hurts. (laughs) It's going to hurt your battery. That's just the end of the the story there. I'm at right now actually having a pretty good day, 67%. So uh, it's around... Three o'clock right now? 3 p.m. So that's a pretty good day for my always on that I've had it on. I actually have a sort of a developing theory, which is that certain watch faces are more efficient with the always on display. It makes I haven't, sense. I haven't tested this yet, but the modular one that I've used for a while uh, was really crushing my battery. So I've mm-hmm. switched to this other one that's just like just the time and then it darkens and it's just the dark version of those digits. So we'll just make a watch face that just has one number. You just know what hour you're on and then it'll, <laughs> it'll crush. I just want to know roughly somewhat what time it is it just says morning or afternoon afternoon <laughs> is it afternoon nope it's still more up oh, now it's afternoon uh, i guess it's about 12 uh yeah no apple watch series 5 pretty simple there then we had our i'm gonna go with our <sighs> dumbest video yet but also I'll most one of the most fun uh the thousand uploads project yeah so if you haven't seen this, how would you describe what what is what happened in this video <laughs> what happened i mean First, we have to give the credit due to the the guy. I forget his name, unfortunately, but they there was an original video like five or six years ago, ten years ago, ten years ago, a wow. decade. Yeah, where he just uploaded and downloaded a video a thousand times, and it just turned into visual and audio mush. I would say much. it turned into a puddle. A puddle. The puddle is a great way of describing it. And then when I heard it again, it literally sounded like a something was falling into a puddle and yeah. just dripping. Um, but yeah. What did, what would I say ours? A lot of people say you got Thanos. Um, yeah, I feel like everyone's gonna be mad because I don't think either of us have seen Endgame or I Avengers. Haven't. At I haven't. I mean, I've seen what he looks like. So basically, if you don't know what happened, um, actually, this all originated from an audio project of someone back way back in the day, Alvin recording. I'm sitting in a room and this whole long sentence oh. and recording it to a tape and then recording the recording of the tape <laughs> and then recording the recording of the recording of the tape. And he did that over and over again to observe audio artifacts. Alvin Lucier, I believe, is how I pronounce that name. And now we did this uh, with an 8K YouTube video. Mm -hmm. We uploaded the 8K video to YouTube, downloaded that video, uploaded that, downloaded that video, uploaded that, downloaded that, and uh, got to 1,000 uploads. And as you can see, and I mean, there's only, this is a very visual thing, so it's almost no way to go over it on the podcast, but it it turns to uh, very pixelated yeah discolored softened mush i think the best way to describe it is your first of all your skin tone gets completely destroyed it turns into like a 
T-Mobile Magenta pink. It really does. I'm sure John Legere is super pumped to see that. (laughs) Um, And then every time you move, it has this kind of winding off trail. I I don't know if you've ever seen, there's an OK Go music video where OK Go always does crazy stuff. The whole thing is everything they wave around trails. So it kind of reminded me of that. Um, And it just got destroyed pretty much. Yeah, the audio completely went away because it comes back a couple frames yeah. Every time you download Until it. Until it slid completely out yeah. the other side Around of the video. Around like 800, I think. Here's a question we got more than anything else oh, on yeah. Twitter. Why didn't you guys uh, write a script to do that automatically instead uh-huh. of manually downloading and uploading? Because you did most of this we did. Uh, downloading I think I, and uploading. I think between Vin and I, he probably did like three to 400 and then I did the rest. Um, it was a lot. I it gave you credit hours. on Twitter by saying I did the first one and then I let them <laughs> yeah. split the next 999. Yeah. Um, we, I don't know, first of all, exactly how to make a script do that. I'm sure a lot of people who were like, why didn't you write a script? I could have done that in five seconds. Probably true. But also here's something we learned from not writing a script is YouTube has a, I guess it's a spam limit or some sort of a limitation to prevent spam of about a hundred uploads every 24 hours. Yeah, we guessed about a hundred uploads. I think it's from the time you hit that hundredth upload, you're on a 24 hour penalty till you can do it again. So it's not even, those a hundred uploads would take somewhere between five to six hours. I mean, that's while we're sitting at work doing stuff, so I would mm-hmm. get distracted, but it it took a long time. So it yeah. took a few weeks. And then the other thing is you can't download it until it's fully processed on YouTube, which you think going down into these two megabyte, like megabyte files that that'll happen instantly, but YouTube just doesn't care apparently how long yeah. it takes to process stuff. So sometimes it was instant, sometimes it would take 10 minutes. And the worst thing you could do was download a not fully processed video mm-hmm. and then download that a bunch of times and then realize you're 50 downloads deep into the one that didn't get processed. So you have to delete all of them, oh. ruin your cap limit for that oh. day. And, and you only yeah. get 50 for the day because then you start over yep. basically. Yeah. How small do the files get? To Never went under two or maybe it hit like 1.9, but I would say somewhere around pretty early, it two dropped megabytes. down to two and would just, but the strange thing was it would go from Two, 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 two point one, two point one, two, two point one, two, 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 and it would vary between that. Some weird rounding. It's kind of like when I do. Some people might not know this, but when I make a thumbnail, I'm exporting a frame of the video originally Mm -hmm. and like editing it. I edit a lot of the thumbnails mostly in Final Cut Pro. Fun fact. I try and get them off it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll I'll make it sixteen by nine, and I'll do all the graphics and whatever, all the coloring, and then I'll export it, and it'll be about forty five megabytes, and then I have to export that PNG into a JPEG that is less than two megabytes because that's the maximum file size for a custom thumbnail on YouTube. All I do is go into preview in Mac OS X and just export as a JPEG and drag the quality slider lower and lower (laughs) until it gets under two megabytes for estimated file size. And then that's my thumbnail. I don't get how websites, especially ones like YouTube, can't just be like, here it is, we'll just compress it for you. I mean, they so on Twitter, it does do that. Yeah. So if I upload a 50 megabyte image, like I've done this by accident to, to Twitter, you'd think it would be like this huge, super crisp file. But when you go and view that tweet later, it'll it's be like down. a really muddy, like softened, huh. compressed version because Twitter compresses the crap out of your images. Yeah. Um, that's just the way an image hosting website like Twitter has to work. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of fascinating to see the JPEG, JPEG, JPEG happening on YouTube and just what that sort of turned into over a 30 second video. So then last but not least, the fourth video of the week was our Pixel 4 impressions video. So we had that whole event. And uh, of course, it was a couple of other things happening during that event. But we'll go over 
that a little bit more later in the episode. That'll be more of the meat of the show. Mm -hmm. But is there any content that you liked somewhere on the interwebs in the last two weeks that you enjoyed that you want to share? I actually have something. I think it's you. Yeah, yeah. go. Okay. So, uh, Eliud Kipchoge. Don't know the name. Does that name ring a bell? Not at all. Okay. So, he was in the news recently um, for a couple of reasons. He's arguably, but not really, the greatest marathoner of all time. Okay. Okay. Um, So, he, he was involved in the Nike Under 2 project where they're trying to see if a human could physically break the two-hour mile barrier. So this is 26 miles, 26.2 two miles. Two-hour marathon barrier. What did I say? Mile, mile? barrier. Oh my I God. think I could <laughs> beat the two-hour mile barrier. <laughs> I could definitely beat that. No, it's the two-hour marathon barrier. Okay, that's which insane. Which is insane if you've never, I don't know if you've never heard of a marathon, but it's 26.2 miles. I mean, look up, miles. Yeah. look up marathon times. They're not close to It's two obscene. Uh, if you've ever tried to jog one, you've probably ended up around four hours like mm-hmm. to be completely real um it's insane to go under three hours for you know any what, competitive runner do you know what the the average mile is on that uh so he had to run in under two hours and there were some calculations i believe it's about a four a four and a half minute mile consecutively for 26 straight miles here's some here's some context on that because i ran track in high school mm-hmm. and this was mainly you know in the off season to stay in shape for ultimate but i did run track and it was indoor and I ran the half mile and the mile, mm-hmm. and I never ran a sub five minute mile pace as a in shape high school kid. Yeah, right. So five minutes is already a pretty fast mile. Four minutes was considered like the as another one of those human barriers that you yeah. just you don't know if you can do it, and then once you finally get a human to break that barrier, then suddenly the barrier drops again, which is this really fascinating phenomenon. So the four minute mile went. That was a long time ago, I think. Roger Bannister. Uh, I'm, I don't I, know how I'm remembering just, these names. Just, but just nod and I'll he got, agree. He, yeah. he got a three minute fifty nine second mile, and since then, the I think the world record is about three three forty three now for the Jeez. for the mile. So it's insane. So another one of those barriers that marathoners were not sure if the human body could hold up to breaking was mm-hmm. two hours for the mile, and uh, the world record for the mi- for the marathon I think was also a Kipchoge record, which is about two hours one minute and 40 Mm. seconds, something like that, where it was like, you know what? If anyone can do it, it's this guy. So the Nike sub two project he participated in, it was specifically designed to go under two. Mm -hmm. He was unsuccessful. He came back again. They had another attempt on this track and I believe it was Vienna and it was successful. And he ran one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds which is uh, an absurd pace. So the piece of content I wanted to recommend mm-hmm. was on on the Wired YouTube channel. They have a video about how exactly this was done. Here's the bummer. It doesn't count as an official marathon oh, really? world record because he used pacers and those pacers were interchanged throughout the race and that immediately disqualifies him and there's a couple huh. other little things. But they also had, uh, you can see in this video, a car that drove in front of him the entire time an electric car so that he wasn't breathing fumes the entire time. <laughs> and uh, it projected lasers on the ground in front of him to a line that he had to chase to no achieve this four and a half minute mile per mile pace for 26 miles. And he just had to follow that line on the ground and the pacers that were with Simple. him. Simple, yeah, of course he didn't get the record. That shouldn't count. <laughs> That's a lot, It's a lot going on <laughs> to like ensure. And literally they had a guy on a bike biking next to him like handing him a water bottle that he would hand back so that he could see exactly how many milliliters he drank so he could optimize his fuel consumption it was nuts it was very very precise it was a high-tech thing it disqualified him from the world record but it was fascinating to see 
That's potentially, uh, potentially the epitome of human athletic achievement, I would say. It's, that's absolutely crazy. And what always baffles me about records like that that are two hours long is like, what if you fail by a minute, you have to do this all over. I, I yeah. hate to compare it to like, have you ever watched video game speedrunners where they try and beat uh, a whole game? Yeah. That stuff is crazy to me because they're spending two or three hours on this one thing and they're missing it by like two or three minutes. And it's like, okay, that wasn't even cool. No one cares about that because I didn't get it. Right. And then that's three hours gone. Yeah, and it's crazy. I watched a time lapse of it and I, I skipped through the time lapse and I realized I don't have the mental stamina to do this <laughs> because it's a time lapse of a two hour event and the time lapse was 10 minutes long and I still didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, they need to get some mid rolls on that <laughs> video though. So It was a long, long two hours, but he did he did it. And another fun fact is the woman's marathon world record was broken the same week. Really? On a legal course. So she- uh, No lasers. I don't have the name or the race, but it was uh, Paula, Radcliffe's, Paula Radcliffe's record was broken. So wow. a fun fun week in the in the world of marathoning, I will say. Yeah. So go check that out. We'll have it in the show notes if you want to watch Wired's video. Lasers, electric cars, pacers, it's a good time. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk Pixel. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. And as you know, in Techtober, there's a ton of events, ton of new tech, and we had Google's event, their hardware event for the fall where they got their products out for the holiday season, and there's a bunch of stuff. Quite a bit. I mean, we're all, all obviously there for the Pixel 4 because no one had seen it yet. So we were really, really <laughs> Haven't excited. Haven't we seen it though? Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Haven't we seen it? It was painfully hard to listen to everything else because we just wanted to see what it looked like. But yeah. uh, So let's see. We had Nest Wi-Fi, which for Google, they claim it's like the best or the most sold mesh Wi-Fi system I in the US. I can see that. It makes yeah. sense because everyone else is probably just looking for Linksys or TP-Link or everything like that on Amazon. So as a a big company selling it. One cool thing I thought about it was they're making the mesh points have the same capabilities as the Nest Mini or the Google Home Mini. They changed that also, we found out. So like a mesh point has a speaker and has assistant capabilities. So right, you the, don't have to do two in a room. The routers have little speakers now. So instead yeah. of buying a little small router and a Google Home Mini, yep. you get one thing and I guess the price seems to make sense. You get all of that. You get a two pack for 269, I think it was. Is that it? Yeah. So you, you kind of do double duty there, get a little speaker in it. Yeah, and then speaking of that, new Nest Mini, which I think the newest thing about it now is that it's called the Nest Mini Honestly, and not Google Home Mini. Yeah, that's um, the newest thing. And I you think, know, I have a theory about why they're doing that. Yeah. I might've said this before around the studio, but like, People have a certain level of trust with different companies. Oh yeah. And when you think about like putting a camera 
or a, a you know any sort of Google product yeah. in your home, there's mm-hmm. always like the slight hesitation of like uh, they know a lot about me. And privacy is a small concern. Mm-hmm. Nest, though, on the other hand, true, is one of those companies with a great reputation. People willingly buy Nest thermostats yeah. and Nest cameras and put them in their homes on purpose. Google bought Nest. And mm-hmm. so Google will now freely put the Nest name on all of the things they want to comfortably slide into your home. Yeah, to listen to you, to watch you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so right. uh, so Nest Mini is what it's called. So now. you're saying Facebook better go buy up. Uh, <laughs> Facebook should go buy up. Because Facebook much... will never get a camera in my house. I can. Tell it's you. also called the Portal, which is not yeah. a friendly name either. <laughs> no, so they should not. work on like maybe that first too. Yeah. Anyway, so the yeah. Nest Mini's so out. It's I also think like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks is great. I think the two upgrades were better bass apparently which is coming from a mini speaker that didn't have great bass to start so who cares and a wall mount basically just a place they showed the picture of it there's still wire hanging down it it looks terrible that's the tough thing about a wall mount is you still have to plug it in yeah so i hope somehow they'll make be able to make a wireless version of that i have no idea how because of the battery life obviously but hmm that yeah that might be interesting like is there enough polling and active listening happening that it would crush a battery or do you think they could make like a hockey puck sized google home i mean i guess that's that's not really something people need they don't move it around the house very often they don't but even like i have one hung up on like a shelf in my dining room and there's a wire hanging down under this really nice looking shelf and i just hate how it looks like that but would you deal with getting rid of the wire if you knew you had to recharge it every week or something that seems like kind of a pain still yeah it does I'm not saying I have the solution for it. Okay. I would just love for it to magically happen. Yeah, I guess I just wonder how much battery would they have to throw in that thing to not have to charge it until like once a month. Yeah. Seems like a good... It would be tough. And then honestly, at that point, anytime you add recharging in, someone's going to forget and then I'm going to sit home, yeah. ask Google something and it won't work. And then... And you'd be like, ah, oh, these darn things never work. Yep. Yeah. You Pretty know what's much. funny? In the Nest family, I have uh, the thermostats I do have in my house. But each one of them is in like a weird area where it's not perfect for sensing temperature. Like one of them is behind my oh. TV. <laughs> so anytime the TV turns on, it thinks it's warmer in the room and it might turn the AC on. Uh-huh. So I had to get these external sensors that I can put in the room that they talk to to read the temperature from like a better place in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they have these tiny little batteries in them and they just never die. Really? These, these like car key batteries. That's awesome. And I've had them for months and they still work. So that's really funny. That, that's impressive. It kind of, rem- we're so far off track now. But, Sorry. Uh, no, it's <laughs> all right. Uh, this reminds me of the story my friend had. He was in a small apartment and the thermostat was right behind where he put his desktop computer. It's going to be so hot. It started getting really <laughs> cold and the thermostat yeah. never threw the heat on because his fans were just blowing heat out of his Straight computer hotter, all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So, and that's mini. So, that's a thing. That's mini. Then um, we have Pixelbook. Pixelbook 2, is that what they're calling it? They spent like 12 seconds on Pixelbook. <laughs> Honestly, on stage, like I saw like a rapid fire of mm-hmm. like close up angles of corners of the thing. And then I saw the price slide and one full screenshot and it was over. Yeah. Like I, I have really not seen much I have of Pixelbook. Two thoughts on it. Okay. The first one is what is it, 699 now? 649, I believe. 649. One, still too expensive, but way better than a thousand dollars because i don't know how they ever thought someone was going to spend a thousand dollars on a chromebook that was a tough sell that was a very tough sell and then the other thing was just the way they described the colors the the i think it was a woman on stage literally goes and it comes in just black and not pink i was like 
wow, you, you really don't like pink that you're specifically <laughs> saying it doesn't, oh, wait, those, oh, that's, that's the your name naming of the scheme. color. Mm -hmm. So it's called Just Black and the other one's called Not Pink. Yeah, but in the sentence she said it out loud and made it sound like it's only coming Trust in black. Trust me, it and, doesn't come in pink. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Well, I think I'll I'll probably end up buying one and checking it out just because I've been on a little streak of checking out the latest Chromebooks and mm -hmm. the last one didn't go so great. So we'll see if this one goes better. <laughs> this might be it, Chief. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Pixel Buds 2 also came out and this was an interesting one because they look impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, as impressive as earbuds can be, they have Google Assistant built yeah. in, they have a five hour battery life and then a 24 hour case. Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty small, compact design. They say they'll sound good. Mm -hmm. They had like a little spatial awareness or uh, it was like a hole in the bottom. So it lets in a certain amount of outside noise to not feel like you have that like suction feeling, which I, I think right. sounds super interesting. That's, I have my smart. Jaybird runs and as much as I love them, it does feel like even though they're just small in the ears, it feels like something's like it feels like they're like pushing you. It's the seal yeah. they create basically. Mm -hmm. But also I think when they want you to be comfortable and wear them all the time, you don't want to feel like you're in this closed exactly. environment. Mm -hmm. So that whole, I think is going to be good for that. Um, the big problem is, I don't know, they don't come out till spring 2020. Yeah. That's a lot. What, what is so special about these smart assistant speakers and earbuds that's taking so long? We still don't have Bixby speaker. <laughs> Why is it taking so long for Google to make these? I have no idea. I the Vergecast did an interview with Rick Osterloh and he said something that they're coming up before IO and there's no more event between now and IO. So they wanted to announce them, but I can't imagine there's not, even on the Vergecast, he pulls them out and starts listening to them, but won't show them to Neli. So wow. it sounds like they're pretty much ready to go, but yeah. I think the hard thing is, is they look cool based on all the features and the how they look. They look like they could be great, but nothing matters until we hear them. Right, we they can say it sound looks, pretty good. Yeah, I think they kind of hedged their bet last time on differentiating based on you know that's that translate feature they tried to to yeah. sell everyone on, where you could sort of live translate with this app and hopefully speak to people in different languages. First of all, I don't know how many people thought that was a useful case. Like maybe a couple people would love that to do that every day. If it worked perfectly, it it could literally change the world. But it would have been super cool. But it didn't work perfectly, and they also didn't sound great. So they really didn't have a lot going for them. Um, we'll see about these. But that really all was just the sort of precursor to Pixel 4, which honestly no one had any idea what that phone would look like. <laughs> we were shocked by seeing this on stage. And um, if you can't hear the sarcasm dripping from my voice, this was like, I, I think easily the most leaked phone of all time, uh, right above Pixel 3. So yeah, good work, Google. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you think? You're, you've been a Pixel, a Pixel 3 guy for a yeah. Pixel 3 XL guy for a while, mm -hmm. so we, we got the new specs, we got Snapdragon 855, six gigs of RAM, we got 64 or 128 gigs of storage, yeah. and then we got this new design. All right, let's, let's start hardware looks design. Sure. Let's just start there because it, it goes down a rabbit hole after, sure. all after that. Uh -huh. um, I like how it looks. Um, I like how it looks. Black bumper, I'm in love with. I think looks the really, matte really black good. bumper. Yeah. Okay, I'm um, with you on that. Yeah. The two matte colors look great. Or <laughs> orange looks great, white looks great, black like we said in our video. I think your video talks about how you feel personally attacked yeah. and that was just like a So they I don't know a, why. We've been pretty nice to you Google. I don't know why you have such a vendetta against Marquez, but just make the matte black one, guys. So hey. I'm holding the uh the it's very coral, I would say the orange one. Yeah. 
Uh, in fact, it's very close to the coral color of the iPhone XR from last yeah, year. Yeah, we pulled it out. We pulled our XR out, and it's very similar. A little less saturated, I would call it. But yeah. um, I, I love that the the logo's kind of the same color, so it doesn't blow yeah. out like, hey, we're a Google phone. It's just very, very clean looking. Low key, it's pretty clean. It's very clean. I'm gonna yeah. say it's a clean, nice looking back of the phone. The camera square on the back is smaller than the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't have the individual like cutouts like the stovetop. So right. I'm sure there's some Apple people out there gonna be like, I can't believe you like, I don't like it, but I like <laughs> it a little better than the iPhone one. They look the same, but they also look different. It like, looks a bit cleaner. It looks cleaner for a, a stupid bump on the back yeah, of the phone. Yeah, a little cleaner, a little smaller, a little darker. So that's fine. Then they have this matte black texture on the back. So the coral one, matte. The white one, matte. The black one, glossy. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, well, so they have the even matte black rails on that phone. Mm -hmm. But the back is like this jet black. And every single one I saw at that event was covered in fingerprints <laughs> it was just gross. i think even some of the pictures i saw on twitter with twitter compression i could see <laughs> fingerprints on it so that's bad. they're pretty bad so i felt personally attacked there yeah. then there's uh there's two cameras on the back of uh -huh. the pixel and this is one where you know there's people who were for the most part kind of on my side on this one they decided on <laughs> a, a main camera and a telephoto camera and I get it, like they justified it pretty well on stage and they had me up to a point. They were like, you know, portrait mode will do better because yeah. we can use the data from both cameras now to do better depth and we can do much better zoom. It's a 2X zoom, but super res zoom from the 2X will be even better. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a two, it's a telephoto lens. It's, it's F2.4, so it's a little slow. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe that's not so bad. And then the guy on stage like wraps it up with, so while we think ultra wide is fun, <laughs> I swear, I swear to God, he looked like, over at me. Your toys. He yeah. looked over at me. He was like, "So while ultra wide may be fun, we think telephoto is just more useful." And literally, Danny Windit, Windit's like right in front of me, super scientific, turned around and just kind of like chuckled <laughs> at me. And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I don't know how I feel anymore. <laughs> this this feels like a personal attack." I feel uh, like I have a ton of feelings just about this camera. I mean, let's let's be real. Pixel is super popular because of its camera. Right. I don't think there's anybody arguing that. Pixel 3 was all about the camera. If you watch any Pixel 3 review from last year, from mm -hmm. the last 12 months, the most talked about thing in, I'm going to go ahead and say 90-something percent of those videos is camera, 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 sure. camera. Photos specifically. Yeah. So you're you're kind of looking to re-energize that focus on the camera. Let's say mm -hmm. you work for Google. You're like, all right, let's make sure this camera is better than last year. Um, what's everyone else doing? Let's see. Ultra wide, okay. iPhone, ultra wide, okay. LG, ultra wide. What about like the fringe ones, like a uh, ROG phone, ultra wide, okay. <laughs> let's see, gaming phone, Razer phone, ultra wide, okay. Like, okay, let's see what else is in our price range. Ultra wide, ultra wide. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Why? Okay, so here's my gripe because I've seen some comments about how, oh, you can take a photosphere or a panorama to get your ultra wide. Guys, that's not what I mean. Yeah, you can walk 10 more feet forward you can if you also want to walk zoom backwards. in on something. Exactly, <laughs> this is about like the fun creative angle you can get from like just walking up to something and snapping a super close up and getting the ultra wide perspective, getting a landscape, getting more of the night sky mm -hmm. for your astrophotography. All this stuff would have been so much more fun with an ultra wide, especially when you have the square and the only other people to do that square design on the back had three cameras yeah. in the iPhone 11 Pro, and when they didn't do three cameras, they had an ultra-wide as a second mm -hmm. camera. So it's gonna be tough. Um, here's a complaint a lot of people had about the camera. 
video really didn't take a big step up. No. If you look at it on paper, uh, you had 4K 30 yeah. instead of 4K 60. Or 24. You know, and no 24. 24. Mm -hmm. So you have no 24 native, so no improvement on the spec sheet there. And then the front-facing camera just does, I think, 1080, 30 FPS. So you're not getting 4K from the front-facing camera either. And there's also not two front-facing cameras anymore. I know the Pixel 3 had a mm -hmm. super ultra-wide front-facing camera and a standard. This one's just, it's pretty wide, but it's only one front-facing camera. Um, I don't hate that as much. I like that it's still pretty wide, but yeah. no 4K video from that. Yeah, no, no 4K video is weird. No 4K 60 on the back is weird. You'd think they'd make this step up. Um, Actually, to go back to the Vergecast interview with Rick, he literally didn't even have like an answer as to why it didn't have it. He was just like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. We'll get there kind oh, of wow. thing. It that wasn't great. But um, yeah, I I'm fine with one camera on the front as long as it's wider. Uh, I think wider selfies was a great idea because yeah. it just makes perfect sense. Why yeah. wouldn't you put it on the back? People you have know been asking, we like wide. Yeah. People have been asking for a wider selfie camera on the iPhone forever, and they finally did it, and mm -hmm. it's looked great. And John Morrison, TLD Today, he's yeah. shot a couple of videos, actually. I think his last two, just with the 4K front-facing ultra-wide yeah. on the iPhone. I think that was a slap in the face to the- It looks this, great, yeah. yeah, and talked about the Pixel in those mm -hmm. videos. Um, Some, I'm not mad about the front-facing camera, but I am just very intrigued by the- I think what you said about him not having an answer- yeah. You know what that tells me is that they really just didn't focus on video again this time. Yeah, and I would be like, you know, I, I take way more photos than videos. I totally understand that some people like that video is a second thought to a lot of people, but I just am not as happy with the still photo upgrades in this. Like, I feel like we we went back, maybe not back a step. They took away portrait mode on the regular wide camera. Yeah. Which is really strange because Apple's been people have been asking Apple to do that for so long. They added this year. <laughs> Pixel comes out with it two times, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna take it away from your wide." It, uh, I just took a portrait of you today to test it, and you even said to me, "Like, did you have to walk that far back to take that?" <laughs> you I was were like, like yeah. halfway across the yeah. room. I was like, "That's yeah. a medium shot for this now." Hmm. Um, I have this weird theory about the two times tell. So they talk about how. They that telephoto zooming in is more important for the customer or something, right? They they didn't want yeah. ultra wide. Ultra wide's fun. Telephoto is more useful, right? They gave some numbers like, oh, we we noticed a lot of people pinch to zoom in, so we just want to make that better mm -hmm. quality. Yeah. Why then? Why two times? Like, I want some. I don't know what's what you can put in a phone. I guess are there three or five times? Like, I would kill for a five times in a phone. Right. So the one plus five times optical. Yeah, the one plus yeah. seven Pro has a three x optical zoom, uh -huh. and the Huawei Mate. 30 or what is this the mate oh, i'm gonna mess up they have so many i yeah. think it's the mate 30 pro mm -hmm. that i've been using has the uh, five times optical zoom but it's the periscope okay. zoom so it's a little bit of a different mechanic in okay. there but yeah you're right like a 3x or a little more would yeah. have been a little more productive i, I would think. be way more okay with not having an ultra wide if it was like a really good telephoto they they keep talking about this i forget enhanced super zoom or whatever which they had last year Super maybe I'm zoom. yeah. Maybe I'm zooming in too far, but I'm not getting great pictures out of a really good zoom. They say it like uses the sway of your body to fix everything. But and the it's... shake of your hands. If you'd asked me if Google was going to put two cameras on the next Pixel, what is the worst second camera that they could put in the Pixel? Top of my list would have been a black and white depth sensor, <laughs> <laughs> and second on my list would have been probably like a two X telephoto because that mm -hmm. sounds about useless. And that's what we got here. Yeah. Um, 
it's looking pretty tough in a world where the $100 cheaper iPhone 11 has the ultra wide, mm -hmm. has you know a bunch of other things that people tend to value in a phone, has a wider selfie camera, has all these things. 100 bucks less. That's going to be I mean, a tough sell. That's a battery. That's a great segue. Let's go right into pricing. How yeah. do, what do you think about pricing on these? It's a little strange. Uh, I think the Pixel 4 smaller one is mm -hmm. overpriced. Sure. And I think the Pixel 4 XL is tough. It's like a it's it's right at the peak of like if it was 50 bucks less I would have been like fine with it, mm -hmm. but it's right at the peak of is it really worth it? So the Pixel 4 is 799. Yeah. And the Pixel 4 XL is 899. Mm -hmm. Both of those phones have 64 gigs of storage, so yep. right off the bat a lot of people are going to want to upgrade, which gets you 128 and your starting prices become 899 and 999. That's pretty tough. Yeah. That's pretty expensive. You're competing with the big dogs now. There's like a a couple things about that. First of all, 64 gigs of storage. I feel like you could pull that off on the Pixel 3 before cuz they offered the original quality photo storage the yeah. unlimited of it and then they take that away this year right so 64 gigs on a phone that you're probably buying because you like the camera a lot just yeah. seems kind of pointless seems so like i don't consider 7.99 a starting price anymore no right. one no one wants that phone so we'll see i mean this is all pre-review and the review is going to be coming out next week mm -hmm. and we're going to evaluate you know see if the cameras really do make a difference and there's a lot of stuff we got to test i think the number one thing we really have question marks about is these sensors up at the front. Jesus. So they tossed a radar sensor. Mm -hmm. Is that should I call it a radar gun? A radar sensor in the front of the phone? <laughs> I definitely call it radar because I think this is the first time radar has been in a phone. Is right. what they say. This is different than how LG does it. Um, yeah. Almost works just as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So LG did this uh, front-facing gesture stuff with uh, just infrared and some, uh, some I don't even remember what they call the hemoglobin your blood Oh, they had sensor. that, yeah. That was like a an unlock feature. Or yeah, that, that was a lot. Their we'll blood just, we'll just skip over <laughs> Palm ID for a second. But now we have a, a bigger forehead on this phone and no notch because they've stuck a bunch of sensors in there, IR blaster, receiver, uh, the radar, and all this sensor suite is used for face unlock. Mm -hmm. Mixed impressions, and this isn't yeah. my review, but mixed impressions. It's very, very fast. Yeah. That's the first thing we notice mm -hmm. is you unlock the phone, um, and this radar is being used to sort of uh, project this like bubble around your phone yeah. to give it a sort of awareness of what's around it. If you walk away from the phone, it notices that nothing is near it and it turns the always on display off. Mm -hmm. When you come up next to it and you reach up to the phone, it starts to wake everything up. The display sort of lights up a little bit. And as soon as you pick up the phone, it unlocks it. Yeah. Because it's already lit up the sensors and it knows you're yeah. picking it up and it goes right to unlock the phone. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah, that, that... worked super fast, super mm -hmm. well. Um, to the point where, and I'll mention this in the review, like I'm unlocking the phone left and right all the time <laughs> by accident. Just like I'll pick it up for a second just to move it across my desk and I'll glance at the time and it's just unlocked <laughs> instantly. I it mean, unlocks with my with my eyes closed. That That's a problem. I was just about to say like <laughs> unlocked all the time without even thinking about it. That kind of sounds like the dream. Yeah. Unlocked with your eyes closed, not the most secure thing. I think it's a very small portion of people who would find that very not secure. I think there's some very niche things. I think some people always Psycho remember. girlfriends who yeah, will hold man. the phone over your Do eyes. Do you remember when iPhone face unlock first came out? How many people were like, 
man, what happens if my girlfriend wants to unlock my phone while I'm sleeping? Didn't they have to add the attention feature to make sure your eyes are on and looking at the screen for it to unlock? I, I forget exactly. What they, I just couldn't believe that argument. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it is kind of strange. That, and, and I've had this complaint, or not complaint, but this it's a sort of a trade-off you're making when you have you know, RGB sensors, like from OnePlus 6 in the past, mm -hmm. for example, where you look at the phone, it unlocks instantly because it just sees an RGB of your face. Yeah. But it can be tricked by like, sometimes a photo of you, yeah. sometimes you just like glance at it and someone looks like you and it unlocks. Mm -hmm. um, you're getting a, a security trade-off. So the faster it is, the less secure it is. Face ID, pretty fast, but not as fast. Much more secure. It uses a 3D depth map, uses IR. This, uh has yet to be seen again we're reviewing it but it seems to be a little bit less secure and faster yeah it's a trade-off um, some people might like some people might not like um but then there's all the other gestures they decided to add in yeah one more thing that i think is for the gesture that's kind of neat is kind of similar to how face unlock works where if a timer and alarm is going off when you start reaching for it yeah it knows you're reaching for it so it starts to quiet the alarm because it knows you're taking care of it i love that great idea those two are great ideas for gestures yeah and, and then and then there's uh this sort of swiping going on anytime you move to swiping this is where it sort of starts to lose me and maybe mm -hmm. i'm just doing it wrong because i've watched some other videos where i think i've heard people quote saying it worked a hundred percent of the time or it looked will look better than LG's and flawlessly. Meanwhile, I'm over here trying to swipe mine and I'm getting it to work like one out of every 12 times. Yeah. Really different experiences between me and some other people, but I had I tried this the most times at the event and of course there's, you know, more software updates to come and everything like that, but there really is no visual feedback about if you're doing it right. So here's an example. Yeah. You have a song playing in Spotify. Mm -hmm. Your phone is uh, wireless charging next to you, or you're cooking, your hands are dirty or something, and you want to switch to the next song. What do you do? You either ask Google to go to the next song, or you just wave at your phone, and it magically <laughs> sees your gesture and swipes to the next song. Um, I tried the simplest version of this, and it, it just refused to work. It was, it was really, really finicky. Um, to me, it falls again in this gimmick bucket. For sure. Um, until, you know, third-party apps maybe plug in more interesting ways to do it. I think the best part of this really still is the radar, which is just mm -hmm. finding this bubble around your phone of knows, activity yeah. and knowing when you're in the bubble or not in the bubble. Yeah. Um, and that actually brings me pretty smoothly <laughs> as a transition <laughs> to the 90 hertz display. Yeah. Um, again, some, some interesting things about the 90 hertz display. It's not always 90 hertz. Like we've seen, there's yeah. some other phones that do this in different ways. Um, but your phone, again, will detect when you're not looking at it and throttle back down to 60 hertz. If you're watching a 60 hertz YouTube video, it'll throttle back down to 60 hertz. Um, so again, this radar and, and this sort of sense of awareness of like when you're about to use the phone or when you're picking up the phone, um, all this is sort of coming together. And I think that's probably the best part of the sensor suite and the yeah, gestures sure. not so much on the no, gestures. Not, no, I don't, they could have just not shown the gestures and I would have been more impressed. Uh, <laughs> honestly just leave them out the the whole f faster face unlock and alarm thing i was like that's a great idea that's so simple and it works and it's perfect and then they're like let's swipe three inches further from where you were going to swipe anyways and it's just not going to work yeah it was that, kind of that's tough. what we should show everybody yeah sorry <laughs> that's my rant on that so one. yeah i mean we'll figure it out well again i'm going to keep using this phone I have the Pixel 4 XL in our, I'm going to call it coral. I'm just going to not call it orange anymore. It's very coral. Are you sure the, the color is not called not orange? I think it's called oh so orange. Could be coral. Could be coral. <laughs> so uh, we'll test this 
we'll come back at you with the full review, but that's been uh, our feeling so far. What do you, do you think, have you pre-ordered one or are you even no. considering? No? Well, I haven't pre-ordered it. Okay, what are you um, considering pre-ordering one? Or just waiting? I think I'm just gonna wait. Okay. I, I wouldn't doubt if I wind up with a Pixel 4 eventually, but it nothing like made me jump at my computer. What's your one. What's your biggest disappointment with the Pixel 3 that you were hoping Pixel 4 would solve? Performance? Um, 90 hertz? 90 hertz, I mean, 90 hertz is what I'm most excited for, for yeah. sure. I know the camera's still gonna be great. Always gonna be mad there's no ultra wide. Yeah. Can, can I, I have a hot take on Pixel 4. Okay. I think I like the old terrible notch better than the giant forehead. I, uh, I know people aren't gonna agree with me on that. I don't think the notch is a great design. Okay. I just don't like, I would, I would rather have the chin of the four and the notch of the three. Because the chin does get smaller on the right, floor, the chin's right? a little smaller. So, but then that giant forehead, like I feel like I notice things on the bottom way less than I notice them on the top. Yeah. So seeing that huge thing up there, at least with the notch, I get like my notifications and my time in these nice little corners. Whereas this, okay, I feel like it's just completely wasted space on top. You of know the what? Phone. I'm gonna stick out my neck for you, and I'm gonna agree. Let's go. That I. And maybe it's something about I've used so many notched phones this mm -hmm. year that I've just gotten used to the sort of ears in the corner where like yeah. toss the time up in the right corner, toss the notifications up in the left. I I kind of like the look of going to the corners more mm -hmm. instead of having a gigantic forehead. Just yeah. the way this phone looks. It's it's a strange look. Um, it feels so, it just feels really off. Like some, yeah. it just doesn't feel right. I'm sure everyone will get used to it just like we all got used to the notch. The back um, and the sides of the phone I love. I, I I think my only other issue with the look of it is I would the power, the power buttons. I like contrasting power buttons. I wish they were the same color as the back. The yeah. orange one's like this pink color. Yeah, whereas that's weird. The white one's orange. I don't mind that as much. My fit. I don't get why before they did a slightly off color because the phone was all one color, so it contrasted. Yeah. But now you have black bumpers, so what? You're contrasting no matter what. Yeah. So just go like white or like the same color. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't like I the pink liked, button. Yeah. Orange on orange. Orange power button on orange. White power button on white. Yeah. I think would have looked perfect. The black one has a white power button, so that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the black. They just messed up that phone. Anyway, so that's uh that's Pixel Four. I feel like we're kind of in our feelings a little bit, but you know we'll yeah. we'll keep figuring it out, and the review will be. Uh, it'll be a doozy. It'll yeah, be this a good was one. for sure. Uh, these are our like initial feelings. Like we haven't really had any yeah. time. As much as everyone thinks we've had the Pixel Four for like <laughs> a month, that's, um, we yeah. actually haven't. Mark has had it for. I don't even know if it's been 24 hours yet. Yeah, about um, that. It was really funny reading all the tweets just because I was live tweeting the event, and uh -huh. I uh, every time I'd share something, someone would say like, "You've had that for four months, right?" Uh -huh. um, it didn't yeah. help that Linus showed us off too, and yeah. they're like, "Well, if one other YouTuber has it, of course, yeah, Mark they've has all got it." it. But no, yeah. So yeah. this is this is super early impressions. Before we leave on that one, with all of this, with all of this not having as much hype as I want, all I can think about is why didn't OnePlus release the OnePlus 7T Pro? Because if that comes out right now with mm. all these people, you you can we can all agree that the whole general discussion around this launch event right now before reviews have been out is like, this is not what we were hoping for, right? Yeah. So imagine all these people who saved out for Pixel 4 didn't buy a 7 Pro 
right now, if 7T Pro came out, how many of those people do you think would hop to OnePlus? But 7T is not, 7T Pro is not coming out in the I US. I think it, it would have been a very compelling cross shop. I think yeah. 7T Pro right now, even along, we don't have a price. Let's say, let's say it's 700 bucks. Yeah. Because the 7 Pro is 669. So let's say you 700 bucks you get for the 7T Pro, better chip, Snapdragon 855 plus, yeah. more RAM, eight gigs, right? You have better storage. I don't know if they said UFS 3.0 or 2.0 for Pixel. Recall. I but feel like they said no specs about Pixel. Yeah, I mean, but only 64 gigs as base. So mm -hmm. you're getting 700 bucks, you get 128 gigs of UFS 3 storage. You get, oh yeah, storage, sorry. Yeah, and then you get uh, a larger battery by a lot. So if, yes. you're, if you're looking at, again, the bigger phone for this, you're like, oh, I don't want the Pixel 4 XL, 3,700 milliamp hour battery. The 7T Pro has a 4,000 milliamp hour yeah. battery, 4,085. You're gonna miss out on wireless charging, but you okay. have Warp Charge 30T, which is very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you're getting Android 10 out the box also with that phone, and maybe the biggest downside is the curved screen. And the camera. And the cameras, exactly. But it's, yeah, it's all very close. It's Man, close. I keep forgetting about wireless charging. Why do I like wireless charging so much? Well, it's that's one of those things that once you get used to it, yeah. it's hard to go back. It really is. I was literally just, as you were asking me about Pixel 4, I'm like, I really wish 7T Pro came because I would probably hop on that, but I have a wireless charger everywhere now. And yeah, oh, that's I actually, I just so wondering much. about um, the battery life is another concern on, mm -hmm. on the pixels because the smaller Pixel 4 went down. It has a smaller battery than the Pixel 3. Yeah. It has a 2800 milliamp hour battery from 2915. Uh -huh. uh, and you're looking at a 1.5x refresh rate on the display. Yeah. So, how? is that battery gonna hold that's up that's not that's why i i honestly just think the smaller pixel especially the 64 gig is no one's gonna buy it except which here's another the plus deal for, yeah uh but available on all carriers i just thought about that because the only people who are gonna buy that phone are on carriers yeah um great for pixels sales because they're available in all carriers but yeah oh man we've gone so off the rails here a little bit. well there's that and there's just like even on the XL, it has a 3,700 milliamp hour battery, mm -hmm. and it has a really high resolution display. It's a 3,200 by 1,800 display. So if you think about the OnePlus 7 Pro we were just talking about, uh -huh. OnePlus 7T Pro, that would have been a 2560 by 1440. So this is oh, wow. higher res than that. This is like a 500 DPI display, 3K, mm -hmm. um, and 90 hertz. And you're probably maxing the brightness out all the time because it's not so bright. Even on the XL, the batteries might struggle. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep an eye out for other reviewers that are testing the smaller phone because I'm testing the bigger one right yeah. now, and that's the one I'll be reviewing. But I'm gonna keep an eye out for the small phones too, um, if that's even a thing they gave out. They might have hesitated on that too. Huh. Yeah, man, Google really has this thing of like, let's do half of these things great, <laughs> and let's do the other half of them literally enough to where you might not want the phone anymore. Yeah, it's tough. Well. Before we uh, start crying Jesus. openly on this podcast, yeah. let's uh, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back with our guests, Justine and Jenna. We'll talk camera camp. We'll talk iPhone 2020. Be right back. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. 
So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life, depending on your power source and usage. You also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think right. finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. All right, so we're back and we're back with our second ever guests on the Waveform podcast. Welcome Justine and Jenna Ezerick, sisters, tech YouTubers, internet user, I mean, just general tech enthusiasts, welcome to Waveform. Thank, Thank you. So, oh, do we sit at the same time? Shoot, oh yeah, that was, it's probably gonna yeah, happen same That was yeah. very sisterly to be <laughs> right on cue with that. Um, we have, we could talk about a ton of things, but I know you guys both talk a lot of camera stuff and a lot of Apple stuff all the time, just cause that's obviously super important in the world of tech. I wanna talk about camera camp, cause you guys both, how would you describe camera camp? You ran the camp or you, you use it as a tutorial or a learning experience, or just talk me through what is camera camp? It was the honestly the best time ever. So Sony does this event called Condo and they've been doing okay. it for like three, I think this was their third year that they did it. And last year we went and it was mostly based for photographers. So there was a few YouTubers there and we're like, this is so fun because we actually made some really great connections, made some friends and just left there inspired and learned a lot. Nice. So we wanted to do that same thing but for video creators. And Sony was so on board with every single crazy idea that we had. We wanted it to have a camp vibe and we wanted there to be learning, but also just fun. And it was really, really fun. Yeah, so we had it in like a ranch in Montana. We had like 80 some oh. creators come out and then we had a second group of people come out and there was workshops and there were dogs and there was just a lot of activities on the ranch. So it was a really cool opportunity to just create content and collab. A ranch in Montana. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Sounds like was, very yeah. isolated and sort of out of the way and they just got like a ton of snow. Um, so so when it's a camera camp, so it's specifically for video, so it's like if people are interested in making video or making better video, this is a camp to learn to do it better. Basically, yeah, I mean, we wanted to have like a camp vibe as well, but it was really, I mean, we want you to learn and I feel like most of the learning took place from each other. So like Jenna went and did like some astrophotography, but they also had a bunch of Sony yeah. instructors that teach these things all the time. Right. But a lot of the stuff, like we were just learning from each other and just really having fun and doing collabs. That's something I found that when I shoot with other YouTubers, mm -hmm. I learn the most. So when we when we'll collab or we'll, we'll go out to LA and I'll shoot with the thousands of other YouTubers that are all in LA, number one thing I always find is I learn the most either about gear or about workflow 
from other YouTubers? Do you have any like pro tips that you got from Camera Camp that you can share from another YouTuber maybe that you learned? Ooh. Or is it all top secret intel? I mean, I think probably as soon as you have the footage, you should back up that SD card because I know some people oh, had no. lost some footage mm -hmm. also. Um, so that is something that I'm always just obsessed about is making backups of the backups. Also, if you're testing anything that a product isn't out yet, make sure it's actually compatible with your camera that you're uh. using. Just so you know, a little incident. Yeah. I was shooting some stuff and then I didn't have like the, uh, we did we had a scavenger hunt. It was really fun. I was so excited. We took all these pictures and mm -hmm. then I realized the camera that I was using wasn't out yet. So the trying uh -huh. to import those images into Lightroom, like there wasn't. <laughs> it didn't know what was going on. It didn't know what was going on. So we had to go back and like take some JPEGs of it so that it would actually work. But That's actually, I've, ha I've had that problem a couple of times. It's such a very rare problem to have where mm -hmm. you're using a product and suddenly, oh, the codec doesn't exist for what I'm using or the product isn't out yet. So things don't work. But uh, that is a good tip to <laughs> definitely keep in mind. I have run into the situation where you have something that isn't out and then I'll run into somebody on the street and they'll be like, oh my gosh, Justine, good to see you. And then they take a selfie and then I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just leak this product uh, in this selfie? So you, I'm always like hiding everything. I'm pretty good about that. I'm pretty yeah. good. I've had people like almost, every, I guess I talk a lot of phone stuff. So if yeah. I have an unreleased phone, usually people are like, hey, so I bought this phone because of you. That's like the number one thing yeah. people say. And then what phone are you using right now? And I'm like, oh. You know, Don't know, it's, uh, it's a secret. Pocket. I can't tell you. Yourself. You'll figure it out in like a week when the video comes out. Um, yeah, so I'm usually pretty good about that. But uh, one product that was hard to hide was the Apple Watch Series 5. I was using it and I was testing it, but it's an always-on display. And the day that I got it, I was outside and it was sort of dark out. We were around a campfire mm -hmm. and immediately one of my teammates is like, so that's the Series 5, right? It's got the always-on screen. I was like, well, yeah, I guess now you know. Uh, there's not much I can say like to hide it or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's been kind of interesting. No, it is really cool. But it's been so much fun just getting to test these things out too because I mean, you are sort of the first person to get to do this. It's also like even testing out video games where normally yeah. I'll go through and be like, oh, shoot, I'm stuck at this one part. I'm going to go do a walkthrough. There's no walkthroughs. So you just have to figure it out. True. Are you testing unreleased Sony products? Is that what's happening? Well, that was the one cool thing too about our camera camp was Sony had all of these cameras and all of these lenses. And yeah, the 6600, I don't think it's out yet. Right? I don't think it was at the time. At the time, yeah. yeah. So they huh. had like a bunch of those cameras just for testing and for people to use. So um, I guess sometimes you do get to test the, the unreleased cameras. That huh. is the best part though, is they have all this gear. I mean, it is it's basically like just take one of these massive walls and just fill it with every single possible lens, every body, every combination of everything. Gearhead's and they have it dream. there. It's it insane. Is it's so overwhelming. Yeah. You can just go in and, and try stuff out, which is really fun. I because mean, they had the one lens. It's like a $13,000 lens. It's like, I'm like, I don't, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, <laughs> I guess on one hand, that's smart of Sony to offer like their nice high end and maybe unreleased stuff. So you, you learn how to use it really well and then get used to it. And then you go back to your, you know, your photography or your video and you're kind of, like, well, maybe I should pick up that 6600 that I just learned to do all these tricks with. Which we did because the first year at Condo, we tested out the eight millimeter or the 80 millimeter. 85. Master, or the 85. 85, yeah. We immediately had to buy it after. And yeah. then this year it was the 135. And oh, it's so just the shots are so amazing. So you it gets definitely, to us. yeah, you end up you know, doing a little shopping. It's dangerous. Yes, to us gearheads. Anytime I hang out with either, it's two people. John. John Rettinger. Oh, sorry, John, John Morrison. Morrison yeah. John Morrison is super guilty. I've probably spent more because of him than anyone else and Peter McKinnon. They'll show me a piece of gear and they'll be like, here, just try it, just use it. Just give yeah. it a shot. And I'll take one photo with an 85 and be like, I need an 85. I don't need an 85, but I uh, I get one because these people are very convincing. Say, every time we're in LA with John, 
you try something and it's at our door by the time we make it back. It's literally every board. time. Sometimes I get it shipped to LA so I can use it for the rest of my trip while I'm there. It's dangerous. <laughs> but yeah, Camera Camp was really great. I just think it was just such a fun experience just to be able to like get a bunch of creators out of their element and yeah. just have fun and talk. And me and Jenna also did a session where it was, we wanted everyone to turn their phones off, cameras off. Like it was like an off limits kind of session where we just yeah. talked about like burnout because it is such a real issue I think in our industry and in every industry. So it's just trying to find those boundaries and, and how to survive, really. Yeah. Do you think, the, the reason I couldn't go this year was because it was right up in like I Techtober, know. right at the beginning. Uh, yes. Do you think you're doing it again next year? And if so, what kind of, is it gonna be the same place, different place, different time? What kind of plans are there? We're not sure, we haven't, I mean, okay. it just ended, but it was the only time that we could get this ranch. And I sent invites out to like all the tech YouTubers. I was like. I realize this is iPhone season. You're probably not going to come, but I just want you to know you're invited. Okay. And it's totally okay to say no. Like, I get it. Uh, but it was great because Montana doesn't have sales tax. So we all shipped our phones there. Doesn't have sales yeah, tax. and the watch, yeah. the ceramic, and the iPhone. I saved like 300 bucks. You I definitely know. save a lot of money yeah. on sales yeah, tax. Right. There's some states that don't have sales tax, and then some states that don't have income tax. And then I think there's one other thing, but I don't know if there's any oh, perfect yeah, state with sales. none of these things. I know Florida doesn't have, I think it's income tax. I, it's I don't income. know. Yeah. Some interesting things. Anyway, yeah, no, I hope you do it again. And if you do, I hope it's in an equally beautiful place at a different time. Different time. Yeah, I we'll would work love on to it. go. I know. <laughs> Season two. Okay. So wait, I have wait, a before we before we end, can I okay. go off of uh so we had something on the podcast once where Marquez and I discussed your favorite way to take pictures when you're doing something like hiking or oh. or traveling where you don't want to carry something too big around. So now that you just went to camera camp and both of you guys seem to go to a national park like every month we do what are your what are your favorites why do you like them pros and cons of them i love the uh, which dog is that we're not even That's sure Mac, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh i love the rx100 mark 7 okay. that just came out recently because it does have an audio input and it's small mm -hmm. so what i'll do is i will just put like a lav mic on and then just keep it permanently like attached to uh -huh. myself and then i'll just plug it directly into the camera so I can do okay. like this very small sort of setup. It still shoots 4K. You can still shoot up to um, like has high frame rate. Mm -hmm. So it's just very easy to use. What and about for pictures though? Yeah. It does do raw. It does do raw. It's a great yeah. photo camera. Yeah, yeah. it is good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like that or the Arc Zero, which is really nice. Does that's that have the bigger Sony. sensor? Is that a one inch sensor or bigger? It does. It's the same as the Arc 100. Okay. So yeah. that's great. And then honestly, just a phone. Like the phone sometimes mm -hmm. is the best bet because, yeah. you know, when you are hiking, you need that extra space to, to carry water and i also always travel with a satellite phone too so that thing is massive. <laughs> that's a good idea it it's, really i mean you can text from like the middle of nowhere in the mountain as long as you have access to the sky that's a good pro tip bring a phone that doesn't depend on at&t towers or any cell towers because most of the time there isn't reception out there and i have the one of the garmin inreach ones and i got the bigger version because it works at like the North and South Pole, which I, I was like, I have to get this one because what if I'm at the North or the South Pole? Might be pole? out there. I would recommend getting the mini because it can also connect to your phone. So you can just text and still use like the satellite. So it's it's pretty great. So nice. definitely recommend it if you're outdoorsy. Cool. Okay. Well, that's a good segue because I want to talk about phone camera. Just kidding. It? I just want to talk about the iPhone. Uh, we want to talk iPhone 2020. So we did a video on your channel talking about mm -hmm. sort of experience with the, the the last like three weeks of using the iPhone 11, which has had a great camera. And I mean, the main new things were the battery, the camera, and iOS and the new A13. I have a small list of what I'm hoping is in the 2020 iPhone. So I want to go through one by one, go down this list, and we can all weigh in on 
how much we care about or want this to happen or not. Because there's some things that we sort of say we want, like yeah. reverse wireless charging. And then we're like, well, do we actually care about that? Or is that just sort of a fun novelty thing? Do we actually want that? So I'm going to go down my tiny okay. list and we can we can give like a, a score of one to 10 of how bad we want it. Okay, this is going to be fun. Okay, so uh, right off the top, we already know we're probably going to get an A14 Bionic. I feel like that's sort of a given. Yeah. Uh, performance is already great on the iPhones. I don't know if anyone's like dying for an A14, but that's probably gonna happen. So I'll just like leave that on the table. USB type C. Yeah, come on, 10, 11, 12, 13. Like I'm so sick of carrying around all of these cables. Like I just wanna have one cable. I really, yeah. I really want USB type C in the yeah. iPhone. I'll and it's I'll already, it. it's in the iPad Pro already, right? Yeah. So when I heard we we're gonna get iPhone Pro, I was like, that's a perfect time. If you're gonna change the name, just drop USB type C in yep. there. Are you already charging like everything with USB type C? I mean, yeah, I do everything with USB type C. So like having some friends like, hey, do you have an Apple cable? Nope. I don't. Sorry. Sorry. So, <laughs> I mean, do you guys sure. remember when they like switched over to the lightning? Like it was people a big were deal. like breaking yes. out. Like, do you think that they're worried that that's going to be the same thing? I can't, but that was this huge true, connector true. into something that made sense. I don't know why. Yeah, why were we was mad about, about that? Yeah, no, we're ready okay. for the change now. We're yeah. mad about we're mad about lightning because everyone had the thirty pin. Every yeah. accessory in the world, every iPod, everything possible had the thirty pin connector. Since then, Apple's gotten rid of the headphone jack and they've switched to lightning. And and lightning is definitely smaller and it makes perfect yeah. sense and it can carry more power, but. It's been a couple of years now, and I don't think they're scared of any backlash. They're clearly willing to mess with ports. Uh, I think it's got to be this year that we get a USB-C iPhone. Next year. 2020. 2020. Yeah, I think yeah. it's got to be 2020. It's almost here. So I'm putting that at like a 9 out of 10 for me. It's pretty high on my list. Yeah. I'll probably rank it like an 8. Oh, that's high. I said 11. That's like a, oh, well, well <laughs> I gave 10? it like a, that's like a B. You know, 80%. It's pretty high. Am I rating this as someone who yeah. doesn't use an iPhone? Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, then I can help my friends out when there they need go. to get oh, charging. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go 10. That's, that's a good reason. Well, which important. phone do you have? Does it have reverse wireless charging? Because then I can charge. Oh, not, okay, it no. does not. Yeah, okay, sorry. So not that helpful. You're not going to be very helpful. <laughs> not at all. How am I going to airdrop you these pictures of Mac? I mm. do have a Mac computer oh, only here. That, oh, okay, that makes sense. God, airdrop. <laughs> that's all I can Perfect. do. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, so next thing I'm kind of hoping for is a ProMotion display. And again, I was hoping for it this year, but ProMotion being the 120 hertz, super high refresh rate OLED screen on the iPhone. Heard we were getting a Pro, heard we were getting ProMotion, didn't happen. I I would say now the iPhone is already one of the most responsive phones, but using some of these 90 hertz and 120 hertz phones and it's starting to pick up some steam, I'm really hoping we get a higher refresh rate iPhone. That is definitely something I don't think is a gimmick and that I want. I think so, even just using like the OnePlus recently, I was like, oh wow, okay, so maybe this does feel a little bit different. Do you notice the difference between it 90, did. yeah. Well, just even like when I'm taking photos, just like that slight little bit, like it does make a big difference. But yeah. unless you're looking for it, even like looking at the iPhone 11 compared to the Pro, yeah. I mean, when you hold them side by side, it's definitely something that's noticeable. So, I mean, I think maybe it's probably about a seven on my list. Like, it's, yeah. I'm not like, oh my God, I need this, but I'd be into it. I'll probably give it like a six. I'm gonna give it an eight for me. Okay, it's pretty high. I don't have a rating, but I'm excited. If it goes 120, you know, you have people coming from 60. You probably haven't even experienced 90, and they're gonna jump all the way to 120. So I can't wait till people are like, this is the smoothest thing I've ever felt. This yeah. is the fastest phone alive. I the ROG Phone 2 that I used that had 120 hertz display, I could. So the difference between 60 and 90, big difference. I could tell instantly. Difference between 90 and 120. I could kind of sometimes tell the difference. It was certain scrolling, certain UI things, the camera sometimes I could tell. But yeah, I just hope it's above 60. I'll just put it that way. So really open for that. 
Okay, so that's pretty high. Um, let's toss reverse wireless charging on there because I know a lot of phones have sort of been adding this, Samsung, Huawei. Uh, how do you guys feel about reverse wireless charging? Do you care at all? There's no one that I will sacrifice my iPhone battery life for. But <laughs> so, would you be point. asking me for my battery? Yeah, would you want someone else to offer so it to you? Thing. I would never do that to someone. Really? Like, what kind of criminal do you have to be to say, I, I need you. your battery? No. Okay, no. I don't. Like, <laughs> How many I, times you're like, oh, I forgot my Mophie. I forgot my charger. Like, hey, just give me your phone for a second. Like, I just need a little juice. Like, I don't believe. As your sister, I do not believe you. <laughs> I forget so, everything. I just want, like, borrowing someone's external battery is one thing, like, because it's their external. They don't need it right now. But, like, siphoning someone's battery directly Siphoning's a, re a weird term for it. Siphoning. Yeah, that's like perfect, actually, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, it's a pretty aggressive thing. Look, I think it's a cool feature. Um, and I think it would be great if AirPod, if it was Qi, so you could put your AirPods on the back. Like, people compare phone-to-phone -phone wireless charging. That's not very efficient. Mm -mm. But if you have your AirPods in your bag and you're on the plane and they're dead and you just turn it upside down and and give them five minutes and you have some headphones for the flight, that's kind of convenient. So I'm like, a, I'm like a five with this one. I would say like a four. I do like the AirPod comparison. I think yeah, that's yeah. I think AirPods are what yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I can see like emergency situations, but like what kind of an emergency is really, you know, you never know. Like, I mean, just be like, let me use your phone. That's so why I'm I, carrying my Samsung. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, yeah like, well, you know what it is? It's braggy. <laughs> it's a great demo feature. It yeah. gets, it turns heads, but like, I it's, heard, I heard the iPhone has the coils for it now. Hmm. It has the regular wireless charging coils and it has an additional reverse facing coil, but software didn't turn the feature on. I don't know if that's I'd true heard or that not. Also, I, I think it's I didn't look down. at the iFixit stuff, but. Because a lot of the rumors were saying this was going to be the phone that they were yeah. going to do it. Well, has yeah. anyone tried it? Well, no. Hasn't worked yet. So much tried. I um, think I'd give it a four. Okay. Yeah. You have a score? Uh, I'm not that worried. About no, it. not no. not too big. It's not not a, one or two. Yeah, you don't even care. Pretty low. I mean, I'll steal some of your batteries someday. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. So another thing I'm hoping for is Touch ID to come back, but in the form of an under display glass fingerprint reader. Now, Touch ID was already awesome in like the actual button. People hated it when it was gone. There's a rumor of an iPhone SE two coming out um, in the first quarter of next year, which is cool. That'll have Touch ID. But how much do you guys care about an under display glass fingerprint reader? I'm at like a, hmm. I'm gonna say I'm at like a five or six with this one. It would be cool, but I, not a huge deal. I would like it on the Apple logo. I mean, I honestly love oh. the Pixel. Like it has like the perfect placement. Like I just pick up my phone like this on my Pixel and it, well, you guys can't see it because it's audio, <laughs> but it's like I have my phone laying face down. I just pick it up and my finger's already on the fingerprint. Right. And I pick it up and it's like, it's just on. So like the back really, of the phone. I really like it. But would Apple ever do that though? Probably not. I mean, I'm I'm okay without the in-display fingerprint reader. Right. Do you I mean, do you have any face ID issues ever? Oh god, I, I I always have issues. I think it's like a me problem. Is it comes your face? I think it might be my face. Like or... I think it's a personal problem. So I wouldn't mind having it. I'd probably give this like a seven or eight because I I like the Touch ID. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, I don't need it. I am accustomed to the face ID, but there's a lot of times where I'm like, it doesn't recognize me. I have to like rescan my face. I'm like, okay, mm. is, is this personal? I don't. <laughs> yeah, one what idea. Is the problem? <laughs> one idea for Touch ID is it would be because all the ones we see now are just like a small circle under the glass. Yeah. Um, but we've seen prototypes of other phones where they put it as like the bottom half of the screen, so it's a very very large sensor under the glass, but you don't have to do as much worrying. You just kind of touch the side of the phone and it wakes up. Yeah. That would be kind of nice. I don't know if it's too expensive still to do that. Those are really big, expensive sensors, yeah. but that's one way to make it more enticing, I think, for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not that worried about it, but it, I mean, I think it would be nice, especially for people that don't want to use Face ID. I mean, I know my friend yeah. Ro, she won't even use a fingerprint sensor or Face ID. 
she only uses a passcode because she's that Is that paranoid, a paranoid thing? Yes. Wow. Huh. It's incredible. Wow. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Unless your password's like the Kanye password. You, you have to do a <laughs> lot of typing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not that worried about it again. Not Sorry. A super- <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing like how many features I'm missing by not having an iPhone here. But, I mean, uh, there's a lot of Android phones getting some of these features yeah, right yeah, now. True. So that's pretty high up. Uh, I have one more, and that is no notch. Because the iPhone's had this big notch for three years in a row now, and year by year, a bunch of surrounding phones seem to slowly chip away at the notch. They, they go to a hole punch. They go to a small teardrop notch. They go to a pop-up camera. Um, if you've been using an iPhone for three years, you're super used to the notch, so you might not feel strongly about it. But the second you see a phone that doesn't have a notch, you're like, well, this is, this is pretty different. How do you guys feel about a no-notch iPhone? I'd be excited about it. I think it would look good, especially because I don't ever watch videos in, in landscape. Yeah, this is this, in landscape mode. Yeah. So I watch everything in portrait. So half of the videos that I watch all have like a chunk cut out of the top Oh, you of full it. screen them and you get the chunk cut I out? I don't even full screen it. I watch a video that is like Like in one the third YouTube of, app? like In the YouTube with... app and it's extremely small. Why oh, don't you wow. just turn your phone? I don't, yeah. I, turn, I have it turned off. I don't Whoa. like when I turn huh. my phone that it automatically turns. It drives me insane. Huh. Is there not, uh, you can lock it and then when you do full screen, it, it only does that? That's what I have mine at. It won't mm. turn until I go full screen into a video and then. Yeah, then so you I can lock rotation screen? and then hit the full screen button and it'll just rotate the video, but not any other time. And then when you leave full screen, it'll go back to portrait. But I never do that. I just watch everything. I agree with you though. Just I hate like when this. my phone just starts freaking out, and yeah. spinning around. For I sure. can't stand it. Yeah. What you watching? So, but this is actually interesting because usually when I'm watching a video, I think they may have just done an update for the iOS 13. Usually on this YouTube player, there's a huge notch cut out of it. Right. That's definitely a nice update for that. This is definitely for that. different because before I was watching a video and half my head was chopped off. So I started even shooting my videos differently so that when I'd watch them <laughs> on my phone. It's real. It is. It's real if you're it's losing true. part of the video. Yeah, uh, but... I think I think by 2020, there will be so many other phones that either don't have a notch or have dramatically shrunk the notch that unless the iPhone's face ID is amazing, they kind of have to shrink the notch. So I'm going to go like, like eight on this one. It can't be okay. the same size. I think I'll give it a seven. I, I could definitely do with a smaller one. Definitely smaller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah at least smaller. Eight, maybe an eight. Okay. What about Wait, a pop-up camera? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you want mm. smaller or do you want none? You think there's no um, chance of no notch for next year? I don't see Apple doing the I motorized pop-up it. camera. Mm-hmm. So I see them basically just shrinking the notch to like half the size it is now. Okay. Um, the teardrop notch was pretty great, but they obviously have all those other sensors, the IR blaster, the receiver. Touch ID has more needed to do all that. But if there's ways to miniaturize it and put them closer together, it could be a notch that's half the size and so less you're annoying. It's going to shrink in horizontally, right? Right. Maybe a little bit vertically, but just it can't be the same size. Do you think there's a chance that looks worse? Like no. right now, it has the perfect amount of room for just notification. Yeah. So it like kind of, whereas when it gets smaller, like this dumb pixel notch. Like, yeah, you got the pixel. You got great. the XL yeah. notch. You got that bathtub notch. Yeah. Okay, so would you? I, I know don't pixel. Know. I think 4, this looks worse. And it would be closer to this. Well, then I'll ask you, how do you feel about the Pixel 4 having a, just a forehead instead of a notch? Is that That's better, uh, right? I guess it's better than a notch. I still think it looks terrible, though. Interesting. I mean, I'll get used to it. I got used to this. Yeah. I'll be fine with it. It still doesn't make, mean I, I mm. like it. Huh. So. I just feel like they definitely wouldn't do the pop-up camera because that would be yeah, so much like room for error and just 
people being like, oops, broke it. Yeah, it, phone. it would break. Yeah. I never wild. cared about the notch and now I can't stop looking at it on my phone. <laughs> it's like when you notice you're breathing. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, Sorry, oh my everybody. gosh, now I'm just staring at this notch. I'm like, oh, maybe I changed mine to a nine. Also, or a fairly 10. Yeah. recently, I just noticed that I can see my nose. <laughs> That's, I had a whole conversation about this. Really? Where is your tongue in your mouth right now? It's now like, you're thinking what? about where oh your tongue God. is in your mouth. Oh God, Everyone turn the podcast oh, off. Who's oh listening God. right now? You're going to have a miserable <laughs> car ride. Yeah. That's like, okay, I also noticed that recently too. Like as in yoga, she was like, okay, now let your let your tongue go. I'm like, well, where's it going to yeah, go? Well, <laughs> that's how you choke. I'm not like, holding on to it. I'm like, I'm supposed to be in Shavasana and relaxing. I'm like, now I'm thinking about my tongue. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, I think that notch, we've gotten so calibrated to it and so used to it. So it sort of makes sense to just leave it there, but I, I would love, I'm with you. I want it to be smaller. Yeah, because now I really can't stop looking at it and yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna survive. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, there's our there's our little rundown of iPhone 2020 features. I'm sure the rumors and leaks will continue to pour in over the next 11 months while we wait for it. Um, I mean, but, this uh, design was leaked in like January. Yeah, no, we're gonna see it like, it's way crazy. early. Yeah. Yeah, do you hate that, that we see them like way before they come out and the surprise is gone? I mean, like, not really, because I think they at least had a little surprise, like the Midnight Green, completely a surprise. True. Didn't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I do kind of miss the days of where you're like, oh. Because like, you remember the days of yes. like, what on earth are they going to announce? A new iPhone with that design? I've never seen that before. Like, yeah. really novel stuff that just doesn't seem to happen very much. It's just too hard. I mean, I think with the way that information travels and the way that you have to get these in mass production to actually get them out on time so people can have them, it's it really is impossible. You gotta pull Microsoft and just announce it a year before it comes out. <laughs> that was pretty great, I will yeah. say. I was I was pretty excited. And I loved the demonstration that they did. They showed sort of like the brain activity of your brain when you're using two, two screens. screens. Yeah. Because I do feel that frustration when I'm using my phone or something, I'm like, I just, throw it aside and I'm like, I gotta go to my computer because I need more space. I've been a multi-monitor, I've said this before, a multi-monitor person forever until the iMac Pro. Mm -hmm. And every single day I use the iMac Pro, I am ready for dual screens again. So on that Pro Display XDR and the Mac Pro come out, I yeah. will be back on that gladly. I do miss that because I used to do the dual screens too, but then I traveled so much that it was just like, I need to get back to just using my MacBook and True. then I miss, you know, I just have to, that's what I have, that's what I gotta do. Yeah, all right. Well, this has been good. I like yes. that we have a, a lot to look forward to with the new iPhone, but generally, um, pretty good, you know, rating system. We have all our, our expectations set out, so that's been that's been good. Thank you guys for being on the podcast and for having that chat with us. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't checked out Justine's video, we did a little talk about again, like I said, iPhone 11. We've been using it for a couple weeks and running them down all this stuff. And of course, it's Techtober, so there's a ton of stuff coming out anyway. So enjoy that. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. That was another fun one. Thank you, Justine and Jenna, for joining us today. Uh, it was a little hectic. We had some dogs barking in the background. It was our first time having four people. If you want to give us a download or a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Still have a bet going where if we hit 5,000 ratings, we will do a Hot Ones inspired question and answer, which I'm really looking forward to. Waveforms brought to you in production with Studio 71, and our intro outro track is created by Cameron Barlow.